0: Welcome to Dents in the Darkness, the official podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network making dents in the darkness of Northeast America through the synergy of healthy collaboration. I'm your host, Tim Madeira, and we're kicking off this brand new podcast answering the why behind the what of NEC. Thanks for joining us. We have the Northeast Collaborative's Directional Leadership Team in the studio today. We have the Executive Director of the Northeast Collaborative, Dan Nichols. Hey Tim, how's it going? Good. We've got the Teaching Pastor of Berean Bible Church, Justin Bloor. Hey, great to be here. It's good to have you. And Lead Pastor of Restored Church, Pastor Tim Walker here with us.
1: Hey, looking forward to today.
0: Oh, I am as well. Guys, I want you to introduce yourselves so that our listeners can understand who you are. It'll give them an overview overview of, uh, well, what you do. So let's start with you, Tim.
1: Sure. Well, I grew up in the great state of Michigan. Oh, Go Blue. Oh, Huge man. Michigan fan.
0: Oh, man. I
1: grew up in Michigan. Uh, moved to the Northeast uh, about 11 years ago. I uh, attended college here. And during my time in college, God really started producing in me a passion for church planting. Uh, so I got involved in a church plant in college that was very formational in my development. Uh, both in life and in leadership. Uh, Sadly, that church plant uh, ended up closing when Mm. I was in college. And I remember sitting down with a pastor after that, and he said to me, Tim, I I imagine that after you've had a bad experience in church planting, you probably don't want to go into church planting anymore now, right? (laughs) And, And I said, no, you know, I can't explain this. It doesn't really make sense naturally, but God is just really producing in me this passion to... Go back and give it a go again. Like the Northeast, particularly our corner of Northeastern Pennsylvania, there is such a need for the gospel to go forward here. We can't give up. Mm. We can't. We have to keep going. We have to keep reaching people uh, people in this area with the gospel. Uh, So came back, and uh, Dan and I teamed up to start Restored Church. Uh, We started having that conversation eight years ago. Uh, God's done incredible things in that stretch. Uh, We have seen a number of lives change. We've seen dozens of people baptized. Uh, Think of what Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Uh, We have spent a lot of time praying for the Lord of the harvest to raise up more laborers, and he's done that. Uh, So really, we've wanted to see just a multiplying influence, to see uh, a place where people are moved from lost to leading. Uh, And the journey God's had me on in that process is just a a journey of faith. He has done so much to blow my mind. I tell people the story of our church is that God has done something much bigger and much quicker than we would have ever imagined. That says a a whole lot about God and a very little bit about us. Hmm. Uh, So it's really cool to see just the momentum that God's producing not just in our church, but across this region in a number of gospel-centered churches that he is using to really make dents in the darkness of northeastern Pennsylvania and throughout the northeast region. So the best part about the journey at Restored Church is that's where I met and married my wife. Uh, She came into our church uh, a week before we had our grand opening. Uh, We've been married for three and a half years now. Uh, We have two little girls, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a a a two-and-a-half-week-old.
0: So you're not getting much sleep.
1: (laughs) No, no, not getting much sleep right now. Uh, (laughs) But uh, my wife, Heather, our two daughters, Lucy and Emily, we're having a blast. And I'm so thankful to have uh, Heather as a teammate in uh, marriage and ministry.
0: Well, we're looking forward to uh, hearing each of your stories. Justin, uh, you from uh, New York area, so tell us about your ministry. Yeah, thanks, Tim.
2: I am. I'm a Buffalo boy, born and raised outside of Buffalo, so I'm a huge Buffalo Bills fan. They they don't return the favor.
0: But at any <laughs> rate,
2: uh, As a I do. Patriots fan. I'll just stay silent. <laughs> the only thing that keeps us together is the Lord. That's it. <laughs> but ultimately, I, I grew up in a unique family. I'm one of 16 kids, and uh, my folks have adopted from around the world. Wow! So I've got uh, siblings from Vietnam, Korea, Africa. Um, got a sister from Cambodia, another one, Guatemala, just all around the world. Wow. So it was unique to grow up that way, and it was always my burden to do the same uh, with adoption. And so my wife and I, we have five little kiddos, uh, one of whom is adopted as well, and, and we're grateful um, for the story that my parents are continuing. I mean, They're adopting uh, another little child right now. Mm. So that's how I grew up, and I always, my parents said as soon as I could talk, I said I wanted to be in ministry. Uh, I don't remember that, but they do. And I did. I always wanted to be in ministry, but as I got towards graduation, I began to look for advice from my pastor, and I just asked him, I said, you know, pastor, I'm ready to go into ministry, I'm finishing high school, and he broke the news to me. He said, Justin, I don't know of a church that's looking for a 17-year-old pastor. Wow. And (laughs) my heart was crushed. (laughs) can't imagine why not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fascinating. So
2: guys, hire those 17-year-old pastors. So I I went on for school uh, for eight years, and it wasn't what I wanted to do. But I had made a bargain with God. God, if I went to school, uh, would I be able to do ministry at the same time? And he he kept his end of that bargain. So I got to do ministry while I was in school. And once I finished uh, seminary, i have been doing um, this teaching pastor role at Berean for 10 years. And for me, the highlight has been seeing Uh, people that have come to Jesus. Mm. And um, we've we've celebrated 400 baptisms in the last 10 years. And I tell you what, it's the Super Bowl every time someone gets saved. And since I can't celebrate winning Super Bowls with my football team, I'll celebrate them at
0: church every time
2: someone goes under the water.
0: You take the wins, and man, those are the best. Well, speaking of wins, uh, Dan Nichols is here with us. Uh, His team not so winning, well, lately anyway, but... uh, Yeah, well, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and we don't have a football team. Although this next year... It could be some you better promise. be careful
1: what you say, because <laughs> this upcoming season's looking pretty promising.
0: It could. It could be. You yeah. never know. Well, uh, Dan, why don't you tell us about your story?
3: Yeah, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, in uh, a Christian home. Uh, my dad's been a pastor for decades, and my mom and my dad modeled a very real, genuine faith in the Lord, and they passed that on to me and my sister, and that's something I'm extremely thankful for. But growing up as a pastor's kid, was also extremely difficult, because I saw some of the ugliest sides of ministry, the ugliest sides of church. I could tell stories that would make soap operas look tame. But uh, oddly enough, I really felt this call to go to a Bible college. But I went to that Bible college hating the church, if you can believe Mm. it, because of all the the stuff that I saw. And uh, two things changed my mind. One, uh, at this Bible college, they made us read a book. I'm sure you can't guess what it would be. The Bible. They made us read the entire Bible, cover to cover, and I just started to see God's vision for his church in Acts, especially. And the second thing was I got plugged into a church where life change was happening, over and over and over. And I was like, man, I want to be a part of that. So uh, long story short, ended up going into church planting, which is so ironic because I went to Bible college hating the church. <laughs> um, but uh, God did some neat stuff, got to team up with Tim, and we moved into inner city Wilkesbury to start Restored Church. And along the way, I met my lovely wife, Joy. We've been married for six years, and we have two children. One has not been born yet. Uh, that baby is coming in October, but our oldest, Landon, is going to be turned four years old soon. And he was born with a very rare heart defect called HLHS. And he has had two open heart surgeries. He survived uh, both of them, uh, flatlined on us twice. We thought we lost him mm-hmm. twice. But uh, going through this journey with Landon has taught us so much as well as church planting. And then uh, over the past couple years, uh, started talking with my coach and mentor, Dr. Ken Davis, about uh, launching this new church network out from a former network called project Jerusalem that we'll talk about.
0: And uh, so that's where we are today. We're getting ready to launch this bad boy. And that is the Northeast Collaborative or what we might call the NEC. So we're going to talk about the why soon. But first, what is it? Well, NEC is a new
3: church network, and we're dedicated to making dents in the darkness of Northeast America's nine states, from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, on up north. We're a nonprofit ministry that empowers and facilitates synergistic teamwork of healthy churches and
0: their leaders. Wow, that's a mouthful. It is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and ultimately, our primary goal is we want to launch new church plants and campuses, but at the same time, we want to come alongside established churches and mm-hmm. help them get healthier, help them revitalize. So ultimately, our, our desire is to multiply health from health. So, our two priorities in a nutshell we want to start new churches and campuses, but we also want to create healthy churches that are already established. Mm. Our mission
1: statement is collaborating with pastors and churches to multiply healthy plants, campuses, and revitalizations in Northeast America.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. Why is collaboration so important? Why does it matter?
1: Yeah, I think that teamwork is near to the heart of God. Uh, You see that when Jesus was here in John 17, he prayed, and his prayer for us and for all of his followers is that we would be one. He said that our our unity and community is actually our greatest apologetic. He said, by this will all men know that you are my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. Mm -hmm. So by collaborating as followers of Jesus, collaborating as churches and church leaders, we are able to showcase the beauty of the gospel through the unity that Jesus shed his blood through. Uh, You know, as I think about the story of our church, a restored story would not have been possible Without collaboration, Hmm. Uh, not just in getting started at the beginning, there were a number of individuals, leaders, churches, teammates that poured into us, and that's because of a vision that they had for the region. Uh, other pastors in our area, when we came in, they didn't see us as competition. They saw us as teammates mm. in, a, in a vision and a mission that far surpassed anything that any one particular local church could ever accomplish.
0: So you're looking at people who are willing to partner with you to establish this ministry and help see it take off.
1: Yeah. And, and that has come out in a lot of different ways. Some of that is faithful prayer warriors that will call text email message and say hey i want you to know we pray for you every single day when our day starts we're praying for you and praying that God will work in you and through you. Some of that was financial support. Some of that was encouragement on some really dark, difficult days of ministry. Mm. Some of that was learning from the history and experience that many pastors and churches had in laying a foundation long before we ever showed up here. Yeah. Uh, so that was really great to see at the beginning. But you know, also for the process of staying healthy and growing as an established church now too, uh, I like to say that uh, there are a number of pace setters. Uh, that I have in my life and in my leadership that they're those that are a little farther down the road they're setting the pace they're not too far down the road where they forget what it was like but They are able to speak in from their wisdom, experience, godliness, and the journey that God has had them on, and as they're a little further in the journey of life and leadership in their particular context, they've been able to speak into my life and our church and continue to encourage us to keep running the race.
0: Yeah, almost a generational thing where you've got the guys that are early part of the ministry, you've got the guys that are in the middle part, and the guys that are at the end that can really speak into your life and ministry, and that's part of what Northeast Collaborative is doing is in that partnership right?
3: Yeah, I really love this quote by Dave Harvey, where he says, we believe that the more we partner, the more we flourish in the things that truly matter. And that makes collaboration critical to health. Uh, We say this all the time in discipleship, right? Isolation is what Satan loves. (laughs) Our enemy loves it when we're isolated. And so uh, we think about that on an individual level, or maybe on a family level. But when it comes to local churches, we have indulged in so much isolation for such a long time that when we engage in collaboration, it can be this incredible uh, wave of synergy and health and amazing things can come out of it when we're willing to make the hard choices to get out of our comfort zones and start working together as a team and starting to move forward to make those dents in the darkness
0: together, Mm. not alone. Yeah. So Justin, why do you think that churches and ministry leaders resist working together? They resist that collaboration. Tim, I
2: think that the challenge in ministry is, especially us younger guys, feel like this is so new. Ministry is so new. Church is so new. We get so stoked mm-hmm. about doing ministry. Right. And it's new to us. And we're thinking we're on a roll, and yet the church isn't new. I mean, it's been around for, I think, a couple thousand years now. And there's people around us that are ahead of the journey. Uh, they're ahead of us, and we can learn from them. And I I've always been one. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I don't want to do the hard work that someone else has already done. I want to learn from them. Mm -hmm. And so our story at Berean is we have gone to churches that are down the road, and we've asked them to mentor us, and we've learned from them. They've let us steal their ideas, which I guess isn't stealing if they let you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Sincerest form of
0: flattery. That's right. (laughs) right. But
2: literally, most of what we do as a church is what we have learned from other churches. And so collaboration has been enormous for us. But I think there's two main obstacles that prevents us from collaborating or working with other churches. Uh, in fact, at lunch today, we were asking you, Tim, about that, and and your answer was exactly what we had just talked about yeah. during the van ride today, that for one, the reason most pastors just don't collaborate is they're busy. Yeah, uh, They're busy. Ministry is a rat race, yeah. and you just you struggle to get by. You struggle to survive. Mm-hmm. And so to do something in addition to that – if it doesn't fit with, you know, the the wedding I have to do this week, the the funeral I have to do next week, the sermon I got to prepare tonight, then it's just not going to get done. Mm-hmm. So there's the busyness of ministry, but then there's also just the insecurity that we all have as pastors. Mm-hmm. And to work with another church, we can be worried that our people will disagree with that or mm-hmm. be offended. We can be worried that our people will go to that church. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen if we get out of our silo. And I think for those of us that have collaborated, we realize that it's worth the time invested,, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's worth getting past our insecurities because we need help. We need people to guide us. Yeah.
0: Northeast Collaborative. Let's talk more about the why of the Northeast Collaborative. what What's the need here?
1: yeah, when you when you look at the the stats and the studies that are being done across our region, they're they're staggering uh, just to see the the massive need. Uh, There are many obstacles, but in looking at those obstacles, we believe that there are many opportunities birthed out of that. So the, many of those stats would show that only 4% of New Englanders go to an evangelical church. Uh, now, when we say evangelical, that is not associated with any political affiliation, as some might misunderstand. But really, the term evangelical is those who go to churches that believe the gospel, the good news about Jesus, that we can have a personal relationship with God through the perfect life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus. Uh, the top five states that have the lowest belief in God are right. Right here in Northeast America.
3: That's right.
1: Uh, five out of the top six states for worst church attendance are in Northeast America. <laughs> uh, eight out of the top ten post-Christian U.S. cities are in Northeast America, wow. and twenty of out of the top thirty least Bible-minded U.S. cities are right here in Northeast America.
0: And Northeast America means? From
3: Pennsylvania and New Jersey on up north. So okay. Vermont, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Maine, I'm not listing all of them, but it's the nine states from PA, New Jersey on up north. Okay.
0: Well, Justin, as we look at the, the churches, we see churches that are dying, especially here in this area. I mean, I have never seen so many church buildings up for sale. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and and your statistics actually bear that out. 73% of churches in America are, in fact, dying, Mm. which is just staggering. Mm. And a survey of some pastors uh, revealed that the greatest felt need that pastors have is in the area of outreach and evangelism and revitalization.
0: Well— We can see now that the need is quite large, but you know, there's a lot of other churches and networks out there that are doing some incredible stuff. So why are we launching the Northeast Collaborative and why now? Yeah, well, we're launching the Northeast
3: Collaborative to be a teammate uh, for the mission, not to be competition in the mission. So we definitely want to work alongside any other network that's gospel-centered and local churches that are gospel-centered. But specifically for NEC, uh, this network is launching out from a former church-planning ministry called Project Jerusalem, and this was founded uh, through the ministry of Clark Summit University and Baptist Bible Seminary, uh, just a little bit north of Scranton, Pennsylvania. It was founded by Dr. Howard Bixby, and it was led by Dr. Ken Davis for 20 years, and one of the coolest things is that God birthed 10 new churches, out of this ministry. 10 new churches in 20 mm. years, and in Northeast America, that is That's a work of incredible. God. Yeah. That is really cool. So we are so thankful for the foundation that uh, Dr. Bixby and uh, Dr. Ken Davis, and also another guy, uh, Rich McGee, who led for a, a short amount of time, they let they they've laid this amazing foundation, which was so cool. And Dr. Davis was actually vision casting for a new network for the Northeast for several years. And uh, he and I started talking about what it would look like if I would come along and uh, lead and launch this new church network that he was vision casting for as he transitions into a more consulting strategist role with the network. So we're thankful for the legacy, and uh, we really want that to expand. We want to maximize the legacy that Project Jerusalem laid, but we want to create something new that is partnered with Clark Summit University, but not under the ownership of Clark Summit University and uh, President Lytle, uh, Dr. Jim Jim Lytle is a great friend, and he's thrilled to get behind this vision, and we're so honored that we get to keep partnering so that we can make those dents in the darkness together.
0: Mm, Amen. Well, you and Tim actually uh, have collaborated before. Mm -hmm. We have.
1: Yeah, yeah. So since Dan and I are are best friends, uh, I was the best man at his wedding. He was the best man at my wedding. Uh, He came and asked me what I thought about uh, him leading and launching this new network, Uh, So we talked about it for well over a year now. Uh, He's been seeking God and a lot of wise, godly counsel in that process. Uh, We've seen God bring it together over the past year. And I I think there's some really great things that NEC brings to the table that are unique for churches that want to make dents in the darkness. Mm. One thing that's really fascinating is not too long ago, it was not the Northeast that was the least reached. It was the Northwest that's right. section of our country. So really what we started to see changing in the Northwest is there were people that were not willing to, to leave it there. There were people that said, we are not okay with our corner of the nation being the least reached in our nation, and we want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were leaders just like Dan that God gave a vision to in order to see that changed, and and there were people and families that were willing to give their lives to the advance of the gospel in that region, and we've seen God do incredible things there. Mm -hmm. That's our heart and what we're hoping to see God do as we launch out in this initiative with the Northeast collaborative. Uh, so here's some of the things that that, that NEC specifically brings to the table. Uh, first would be a shared definition of success and church health. So we have the same foundation and similar trajectory in terms of who we are and what God is calling us to. Uh, Second, Dan's Mission Organization, uh, ABWE, based out of uh, Harrisburg uh, and the North American branch. Every ethne brings some great ministry tools uh, to the table. There's some great resources that come with that. Uh, Third is My Circle Evangelism Training, which focuses on helping people bring the gospel into their everyday environments where they live, work, and play. Uh, Fourth, um, we've got... uh, The Northeast Leadership Summit, Uh, we're looking forward to that next year, funding for uh, church plants and revitalizations and everything that God is bringing to us with that. Uh, Fifth, we have discounted coaches and consultants uh, like our friend Matt Hoskinson. He is a uh, trained and certified trainer with Redeemer City to City and the coaching that he offers through that. Uh, he's offering a discount of 33% uh, for NEC members, which is incredible to see the wealth mm-hmm. of experience and education that Matt brings to the table. Uh, there's centralized digital resources in uh, a digital hub for best practices, for documents, for things that can be a, a one-stop shop, hopefully for a lot of the how-tos of ministry. Uh, lastly, would be the opportunity to connect with churches that want to make dents in the darkness but might not be collaborating as effectively as they want to right now. We believe that we are better and stronger together, and we're looking forward to launching out into this in a number of practical ways to actually exemplify that throughout this region.
0: Mm, well, as I said, you and Dan have worked together for a long time. Now, Justin, you are relatively new to this compared to Dan and Tim who have been working together, well, since Bible college. Uh, why are you excited about NEC, and why is Berean Bible wanting to be a part of this as a regional impact partner, or a, a hub church, shall we say, for NEC?
2: Yeah, the church is the hope of the world. Mm. We know that, we believe that, and we want to do something about that. So we want to come alongside passionate churches and pastors who are ready for change and ready for growth Mm. and just guide them on this journey. We want to connect them to a mentor. We want to provide resources so that they can make more and better Jesus followers. So ultimately, our success is going to be their success. Right. And we just want to partner with them. It's our desire as a church to be kingdom-minded, and I don't see anything more kingdom-minded
0: than what NEC is going to provide. Yeah, not about building Berean. It's about building the church. Exactly. And that that's
3: part so of common. why uh, we wanted Berean Bio to be a part of this, because mm-hmm. we saw that value system already uh, in how they do ministry, Yeah, and we're just so excited that they're willing to jump on board and be part of the team.
0: Mm. Well, as people are listening to this, they're like, man, I'm excited about this. How do I become a part of this? How do I how do I plug in here? Well, we have a, a new website mm-hmm. that's uh, just recently launched,
3: necollaborative.com. So N for north, E for east. Collaborative.com and just drop us an email info at necollaborative.com. And quite honestly, there is no great move of God that has started throughout church history without the intense saturation of intentional prayer. Mm. And so we want thousands of people praying with us and for us as we launch out into this new venture of a brand new church network. So if you're interested in praying for us or just hearing more about what's happening, you can go to anycollaborative.com and right there on the landing page itself, you can put your email and you'll get periodic emails and updates, or you can go to the contact tab, the prayer tab, and you can put your email there as well.
2: Now, Dan, I, I just got on the website recently. I know you launched it just not too long ago. Yeah. And I gotta give you some feedback on it. It's smoking. I was worried. I was like, "Oh no, oh, should what we be I doing do this wrong? in the podcast? Yeah. Like, this is probably
3: an off an off microphone conversation."
2: Smoking, huh? Smoking smokin'. in a good way, not like burnt toast.
3: Oh, good. Okay. I was, concerned.
2: <laughs> I it was is, concerned. it's an excellent website. It looks sharp. It's clean. It includes the information that people would want to know mm. when they come yeah. and find out more about us. You can see the team. You can see our goals and strategy, a prospectus, and a whole bunch more. So, listen, if you're a pastor, listening to us today and and you want your church to join NEC or just know more about us, then you can look up the different partnership levels on the partnership tab online.
3: Yeah. And obviously we can't cover everything in one podcast episode. So we definitely want you to check out the website because there's so much more than just vision and big ideas. We've got strategy. We've got specifics. You can see it more at the website.
1: Yeah, and the great thing is social media allows you to keep up with stuff on a regular basis. Um, So if you want to keep up with what's happening with NEC... Uh, you can follow us both on Instagram and our Facebook page. If you want to follow the Instagram or like our Facebook page, our handles are NECollaborative on both of those social media platforms.
0: All right, NECollaborative. That's where you can get the information. Now, this is, you know, I, I hate the, the phrase like our Facebook page or like us on Instagram <laughs> because it seems like it's all about us. And mm. really, that's not what NEC is about. That's, that's right. right. It yeah. is about you. You. It is about supporting you in ministry. It is about planting churches, healthy churches. Justin, I think we need to pray for our listeners to the podcast today.
2: Yeah, let's do that. Let's pray for them. Father God, Lord, today as we sit here in this room and we pray over those listening, God, we know that they're listening because they, they care. Mm. They care about the church. They believe that the church is the hope of the world. And God, I think that many people are burdened like us. They, they see the need. They see the brokenness of the north, Northeast. And Lord, we know that your son, when he came to earth and he looked out, He every time he saw the crowds, he He looked at them and he felt compassion for them. So God, when you look out over the Northeast, you can only imagine what Compassion you feel, and and the way that your heart must break. That's right. At a region that used to be alive with the gospel and now is just spiritually dead. And Father, we know that only the gospel can change that. Mm -hmm. And it's the church that is the carrier of that message. And so, Lord, we long, we pray for Christians to rise up to be burdened. Maybe some that aren't doing full-time ministry and you're calling them to that and maybe they're listening to us today and we pray that they would listen to you, that they would hear your voice and that they would jump in and follow you wherever that is that you're leading them. God, maybe there's someone and they're in a church that just is stuck and they're scared of change and they know that could cost them their job, it could cost them their retirement, Mm it could cost them their parsonage, and Lord, we pray for them, that you would give them the courage that they need to be willing to risk it all for the sake of those who are not yet in their church. Father, we are surrounded by people that are headed for a Christless eternity, and they need to know Jesus, and we know the message, and we know the one Mm. who can change their lives, so we just ask that what we do through NEC is ultimately going to be a blessing to those who hear us, it will be a blessing to the churches that we partner with. And Lord, that through this network, through this collaborative, we can see churches that are launched, that make an impact for the kingdom of God, that dents are truly made in the darkness, and that churches that are already established that are, that are maybe stuck, we can, we can come alongside and be a partner and a guide and help to get them unstuck and help to get them released for ministry that's effective. God, we just want to make more and better Jesus followers. Mm -hmm. It's our heartbeat. It's our desire. And so we pray that we would do that. But Lord, we don't want to neglect our own souls. So would you work in us and give us a heart of humility, a heart of compassion that we would see people as you see them, and that we would love them with no strings attached. God, I love you. We, we love you. I thank you for each guy here and the chance we have just to collaborate even today, to put our heads together, to say, how can we make a dent in the darkness of Northeast America? We love you, God. Thanks for loving us first. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Guys, I am really excited about this. I want to thank you for all that you are doing to make dents in the darkness here in Northeast America. And if you're listening, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends.